Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome back to another episode of Jamie D and Big Newt. Who am I? Well, I'm Jamie D. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton, and we're thrilled to have you. Big Newt, free agency. We've hit the ground running already. The tampering period, quote-unquote tampering period, as if agents and GMs never speak before this three-day window. And things are happening. The Bills are signing people, re-signing people, restructuring contracts. The New England Patriots are running wild, spending money. This has got to be one of my favorite times of the year. How you doing, buddy? What up, though? Hello, everybody out there, radio podcast land. I'm doing good, man. Uh, just to follow up on the whole COVID thing real quick, my sense of smell hasn't really, it's been kind of off, but as far as how I feel, I feel great. You know, so everything is doing good. But yeah, is it a benefit when you can't smell your own funk? <laughs> well, I take two showers a day, so I try not to be funky. But yeah, I can imagine that. Okay, see, when I was at my height of COVID sickness and I couldn't get off the couch, at one point I went two days without taking a shower, like two full days, like into day number three is when I finally did it. I couldn't smell myself, so I, I wasn't terribly concerned. I feel sorry for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine, man, you are, you're not a joy to be around when you smell like that. No, man. I, and I don't, I don't know how bad I did smell. Because I couldn't whiff myself, man. It, it, it definitely was one of the side benefits. I got you. And also, you know, this is my favorite time of the year. Not only the start of uh, free agency coming up and uh, dealing with us, and we're going to dive into it, keep it all, guys. But Sunday was uh, daylight saving time, man. I love it. Here in Virginia, it gets dark at like 7.30. I love it. And as it get closer to summer, it'll be 9, 9.30 when it gets dark. I, I simply love it, man. I love long days. It's fantastic. And when are we just going to be done with this whole like time change thing? Like I, it doesn't make sense anymore, does it, it? It doesn't. And I and I think the uh, the reason why we had that is for longer days for farmers. Um, that's the history of it. And so I think that's kind of obsolete at this point. So you're right. I mean, we should probably do away with it. At one point, I went to Edmonton in Alberta, Canada, and you don't realize how far north that is. I was there in late August. It did not get dark until 1030 because it's so far north. Oh, my now, God. that not to be outdone. Uh, I was in Helsinki, Finland, and it was like 1130 and you could still sort of see the sun on the horizon. It was insane, but I loved it. Oh, yeah. I would love to see that. And uh, one of my high school friends, Nick Warren, he spent a couple of years in the service up in uh, Alaska. And he was telling me about that. And I just thought that was amazing how they have like 
15 hour or 20 hour days you are nights and stuff to where you only get an hour of daylight and it's nighttime all the time but then you get like 20 hour days i, I would love to just experience that once I would imagine the suicide and depression rate is through the roof during the terrible months, you know, when you're, when you're that far North. But when I was in Finland, that place, Helsinki, it was a party scene like I had never witnessed before. Those people were so thrilled that it was like in the low sixties temperature wise and that they had sun, they party and drink their asses off there and i was in this okay i'm just going to tell you about this real quick please do. Uh, something that they call the grandma alley i think that's what they call it, the grandma alley it's this alley behind bars that they basically opened up so everybody's back doors are open there are bands playing back there and some of the worst dancers I've ever seen in my life, they were out there. And the reason they called it the Grandma Alley is you saw people in the early 20s and then like nobody between the ages of 25 and 55 and then 55 up. Oh, my God. Those people were partying their asses off. And <laughs> women, especially in, in their 60s and 70s, drinking their faces off. And hitting on younger dudes, it was so fun to watch. And I, again, I'm telling you, some of the worst dancers I've ever seen, I'll, I'll post a video that I took. Like, they're the reason they say white people can't dance. It, it is just, it, it's it's beyond funny. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Okay. NFL free agency. The Buffalo Bills... They're getting out ahead uh, of the curve here. What did you think the chances were we were going to see Matt Milano in 2021 before this began? I mean, we talked about it, man. We thought that he was going to be the sacrificial lamb. We thought that uh, we thought that the bills were going to get outpriced. If, and once he said he wanted to hit free agent, we were all scared that we wouldn't be able to retain him. But once again, man, Brandon Bean versus Magic, man. And it, it just wasn't for Matt Milano. It was for the others also, man. And the way he's restructuring contracts, he's convincing that Buffalo is the place to be and people are taking less money to stay there, man. Once again, a masterful job. I, I didn't think there was any way you would see you would see Milano or the right tackle come back. I just I, I didn't think that there was any way. Because those guys were going to make a lot of money. And here they are, Milano making about, what is it, $11 million a season? Yep. And, uh, you know, $9 million a year for a tackle, a, a very good tackle at that, is a good price. And these guys aren't taking a ton of money up front in order to do it. Yeah. And when you talk about Matt Milano's contract, four years, $44 mil, uh, almost 24 guaranteed, and then Daryl Williams, three years, 28 mil, 14 guaranteed. All right. Um, if Matt Milan would have hit the free agent market, I'm sure we all could agree, uh, Bill's Mafia, that he would have made more. Okay. Yeah. But so for him not to even test the market, once again, is a testament to him wanting to be a Buffalo. Uh, John Feliciano, three years, 17 mil. And we've been texting each other all week, and it was just coming back to back to back. 
And it's, it felt like signing day. I mean, once again, I'm a big Notre Dame <laughs> fan. Yeah. So I love signing day. I love when those letters come in. You know what I'm saying? I love when we get commitments. And that's what this feels like. It feels like Christmas, especially for a team that made it to the AFC Championship to retain all that talent. And it ain't just this year. I mean, let's go back to last year, being able to retain Trey White. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it, it makes you feel good that you have a GM that knows what he's doing. And at the very least, we're set up for the next two years to be able to make a run again, and it, hopefully it won't be a one-off. Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde both yep. being extended. Those are great moves right there. But here's one of the discussion points we had over the week. Now, the Bills were not a good running team. It looks like they're bringing back the entire offensive line from last year. How does the running game improve if you have the usual suspects back in the lineup? Well, I tell you, I felt like that we've never had all of them in at the same time because of injuries. And then, I mean, the timeline, we've all hurried. You, uh, you lose Feliciano, and then Feliciano, we lose Cody Ford. So we never had five, all five of our offensive linemen in at the same time. So now that they're coming back, plus you had COVID. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. so now you have the continuity. You have those people coming back. Hopefully, Cody Ford comes back, stick them in and guard. Now, hopefully, with another year under their belt, with the offseason, not being interrupted by COVID, then they'll be able – and then, once again, more maybe a more dynamic running back now. Okay, we're going to talk about draft stuff. Then that can improve. Just because we didn't run the ball, it's a lot of moving parts to have a good running game. I mean, our passing game was excellent. So – you can't look at it all. Oh, we just, I mean, with our passing game, which one would you rather have? A great passing game or be okay passing and okay, better running? You see what I'm saying? So, Well, I, I don't think it's an either-or scenario. I mean, you know, the Bills ranked ninth overall in, uh, in pass blocking. And then they ranked somewhere 18 to 20th, depending on the metrics that you look at uh, when it came to run blocking. You can have it all. I mean, you can be... Good pass blocking and good run blocking. There's there's teams out there that do that. I totally agree with that. I wouldn't argue that. And once again, I feel like it's all the moving parts. Like I I'm not going to just be resigned to the fact that oh, just because we got the same people, we didn't draft somebody in the top ten to play tackle, or we didn't bring in a big free agent that we can't improve the running game. Once again, you get a more dynamic running back in there. Maybe we will be able to rush the ball better. But now, I feel like- I, I'm going to steadfastly disagree with that take. If if you don't mind, I don't think the running backs had anything to do with the running game. I think that it was entirely on the offensive line, namely the scheme, because the guys that they had on the field either were not good run blockers in the case of Daryl Williams, or they had them zone blocking, and that's not what those guys do well, i.e. Mitch Morris who, by the way, he um, decided to take a pay cut in order to stay with the Bills. But he is a guy that should be pulling in a power game. He's not a guy that should be zone blocking. I don't think a dynamic back has anything to do with it. I think the people that they have need to be put in a position to play better, and that means to not zone block. That's fair. I wouldn't argue that point. But I'm going to tell you what, though. you And, and once again, I know – I'm. I'm being petty now because I don't like <laughs> agreeing with me in front of the whole world. 
Oh, dear. You telling me, have you ever seen Barry Sanders run the football? Of course. Okay. So he was getting hit in the backfield all the time. Yeah. Okay. So if you're getting hit in the backfield all the time and you're still able to break out of and get three yards, do people look like, oh, we need to get a better line? He never got a better line. That's why he probably retired. So what I'm trying to say, if you can get somebody special back there, it's going to make the old line look better. And that's what I'm trying to say. You you're right. They it don't have to be, it don't have to be a situation where it's one or the other. I I, I get that. But what I'm trying to say is we have a great pass. We were ninth in pass blocking. We have a great passing game. We can improve the running game, but with that running game improvement, it could be somebody more dynamic. Even if you have a because when you say you having the wrong system, you're mentioning coaching. And yeah, yeah, if you got a better run coordinator, you put guys in position to do things better. And I think with an offseason of of them looking at the film from last year and making those uh, adjustments, that will improve that. But even mm-hmm. if you don't, if you have a more dynamic running back, it's gonna make the offensive line look better. And I and I and I and I'm dealing with this once again, bringing my personal things. A son play FAU FBU football, right? And so our coach, I'm not gonna say any name, he used to get on our um our offensive line all the time. And so I was one of the assistant coaches and I'll call him over and I'd be like, no, that's not true. Y'all y'all doing a great game. Y'all doing a great job. Cause we rushed for over a hundred yards and, um, <clears throat> and had two touchdowns. So you're not doing soft. You're not doing bad. We, we need to be better as coaches. We need to do things to put y'all in position to win, but you're not doing a bad job. Cause we, you wouldn't rush for a hundred yards and two touchdowns if you were bad. You know That's a good saying? point. So the quarterback play, and once again, I don't want to say any names, but <clears throat> his son is the quarterback. But the quarterback, <laughs> you know, so I get it. That's a dad talking and saying, oh, because our passing game isn't there, then, oh, we're doing a bad job. No, if we had a more dynamic player at quarterback, then the blind wouldn't look as bad. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I'm not pointing fingers. But what I'm just saying, you can't just point everything on the offensive line like like – and maybe I'm taking it personal. I don't know because I'm one of the big guys. But all it's other little nuances that can make the offensive line look better. That's all. That's all. Sure. Well, that I mean that that makes perfect sense. Um, I don't think that the remedy is going to be running back because I don't think they're going to invest in it. So maybe what I'm doing is managing my own expectations to say, well, they've already invested two consecutive third round draft picks in a running back. They're not going to do that again, so why don't I just focus on something else? I, I, I think I just did a little self-psychology right there. I think you did. I think you talked yourself right into it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't agree with that. I can see, I mean, especially with how everything is falling with the depth chart. And once again, I know we're going to talk about other needs and stuff, but with the guys we got back, the more guys you sign back, the more I feel like Brandon Bean's going to be like, oh, best player available. And the best player available could very well be a running back at that uh, top spot. It could be. If I, the draft is going to be interesting because it's very obvious at this point, the Bills are not diving in the deep end of free agency. And Brandon Bean said that he wasn't going to do that. Now, I think that this the strategy this year is not going to be to go out and make a big splash. If that were the case, you would have heard the announcements during the uh, the tampering period. Now, may, maybe something's out there still, but I would venture a guess that you're not going to hear a peep out of the Bills front office 
for 10 days. They're going to wait for the dust to settle. They're going to take a look at where the value is in the free agency. The guys who didn't get those initial big contracts at the beginning and are now sitting there at home calling their agent saying, what's going on here? You said I was going to make this much money. And the agent saying, sorry, man, that's not the way the, the market played out. That's when the Bills, with their excellent pro personnel scouting, are going to come along and they're going to find those value pickups, the John Felicianos, the Daryl Williams of the world, the guys who they basically took off the scrap heap from other teams and said, hey, we think you might be able to compete for a starting spot. Get on the roster, compete. You do well, we'll pay you more the following season. I guarantee you that's where they're going this year. Okay, so when you say that, then what do you, what spots are you thinking about? Like, what where would you think that somebody could come in and start at? Like, I think uh, cornerback is a place where it could happen. Uh, guard somebody to compete with Cody Ford. I think there's possibility for a number two wideout. Tight end is another one. Um, and I think there's a possibility that you could have an impact player or two on the defensive line, both a defensive end and a one technique defensive tackle that may not be starters, but could be heavy rotation guys and big contributors. Okay. That's fair. All right. That's fair. Uh, is there anywhere that you are particularly concerned about right now? No, not really. Like I said, I mean, the way it's falling now, I mean, we still got guys out there like Levi Wallace. So now it's like we we got the big fish at this point, okay? We we re-signed the guys that I really – I mean, I was really concerned about. Uh, I think we might bring – I can see some, we bringing in another guard to compete with Cody Ford. I think Cody Ford is going to be afforded all the opportunities to start because he was a, a high draft pick. And when that happens, they get a longer leash. That's just the way it is. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I don't. We, I think our receiver core. I don't think another guy's gonna come in. I think they're pretty uh, confident that Gabriel Davis could take over and be serviceable at that number two spot with Cole Beasley at the at the uh, at the slot. And so that's why I was telling my friends we were talking about it. They're like everybody was like up in arms that we released uh, smoke. You know, and I'm mm -hmm. like, well, that was almost $10 million for us to get other guys. And and granted, I'm not going to slander his name. I love Smoke. I love what he did. But because of his contract, he had to go. We talked about it at length. And so I feel like they feel Gabriel Davis will be able to uh, give you what he does at that number two uh wide receiver but if you got two all pro receivers and Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley, I mean that. To me, Cole Beasley is supposed to be the three because he's a slot, but he's really our number two receiver. I right. Diggs and Beasley being our lead two lead receiver, and Gabriel Davis giving us enough for the number three. You see what I'm saying? So I don't right. see us bringing in another guy there that's going to be a value guy. That's gonna, they're going to take reps from Gabriel Davis. So John Feliciano signed um, pretty a pretty reasonable contract for what I, I thought he was going to end up getting. But for one and a half million more per season, you could have gotten Kevin Zeitler, who is considered a, a better guard than Feliciano. Would you have preferred to try to spend more money on somebody other than Feliciano or 
Do you believe continuity really makes that much of a difference? Well, who's who's to say that we would have got them? Are you guaranteeing that we could have got them? Then, of course, I would like an upgrade. But it, well, yeah, right, of course, it's it's, it's not a girl, guarantee. Just because you got just because you got the money, don't mean you gonna get the pretty girl, right? <laughs> well, in your case, it doesn't matter whether or not you got money. <laughs> Um, of course, I would have liked to, I mean, if you could guarantee me, so you're saying if everything was set as parabens, everything's even, then yes, I would have liked to upgrade the line. But I'm happy that we got guys at the value. That's the most important thing because you don't want to be like the Saints and now they got to cut like $60 million in salary. That's why they're cutting guys left and right because, yeah. you, you know, they got to balance out. That's why this is fun. It's like a puzzle. Like, okay, we put the product on the field. Now we got to kind of reshuffle and do everything again. Like, that's why I love this. It's almost a season after the season because what are you going to do? How are you going to make the contracts fit? Okay, you tell Mitch Morris, hey, man, look, and I don't know how this went, but this is how it went in my mind. Hey, look here, M- Mitch. Uh, we like you and all, but you need to take $3 million less. If not, we're going to cut you. Hey, no problem. Where do I sign it? You know? Mm-hmm. And so, Darren Williams and Matt Milano, hey, we want you, but we want you at this price. You're going to win here. You're going to start. All right, cool. Bet. I'll take that. You know, I don't know what we're going to do with Levi Wallace. He's going to be a re- he's a restricted free agent and his tender is at two point three mil. I'm sure somebody's going to offer him three or four mil. And so he might be off the board. So we right. cool with Dane same with Bell. Isaiah McKenzie. And, and I would love to keep McKenzie. But if McKenzie could get money somewhere else, then, you know, at a higher price, I'm sure he's going to want to, you know, make more money. I would love to keep McKenzie, especially since we lost uh, Robertson free agency. Right. And if you're, if you're Roberts, if you're Andre Roberts, he's looking at a two-year contract up to $6 million that almost up to $3 million a year. You know what? Best of luck to you, Andre. You deserve every penny you got and the bills just can't afford that on a kick returner this year. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that we lost him, I will really like, let's try to really keep Isaiah McKenzie because I feel like he could give us that. I'm not saying he's going to be all pro, but because what he gives us on offense too, and then special teams, hey, that'd be a great asset. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to my question, because we're going to hear a lot about this over the course of the off season and you being a tight end, you played on the offensive line. We're going to hear them talking a lot about continuity on the line. How important is continuity? Because oftentimes it seems like the comparison that is made is continuity versus talent. Now, I believe that continuity doesn't matter. You just get the most talented people that you can. But it must play into the equation in a way. What is your take on the importance of having the same group on the field together for years at a time. I think it's something to be said about it. Obviously, you want to garner the most talent that you can because coach, sure. coaches and GMs always think, if I can put get the most talent, okay, that takes up, they'll make plays that'll take up for when I mess up. That's how you got to look at it because coaches aren't perfect. GM's not perfect. Brandon Bean's not perfect. He's missed sometimes. 
you know, and that's fine. So you thinking that the more talent I acquire, the better the team will be and the more mess ups I can have. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I feel like that's one of the things that you can't put on paper, that continuity, how guys like each other, how long, especially offensive line when they're kind of off to their own, their own, their, their own little pod, I guess. When they like each other, they work well with each other, they know each other, they they get the concepts, they're all working in unison on one page. It's something to be said about that, okay? And so you, now you want to talk about tight end. When you look around the league and you see some of the better tight ends in the league, I know we all say, hey, that's what we want. That's what we want, you know? So if we could get that dynamic guy, unlike unlike the uh, – Patriots who went out and got what two new tight ends is paid up yeah. all this money, like I broke the bank, right? And Patriots, I get did the Patriots get their stimulus check? I guess they got their stimulus <laughs> check for buying because they spending they spending all of that money. You know what I'm saying? So they went and got two tight ends and gave them all this money, and it's kind of like okay. And they resigned Cam Newton. They're probably going to draft a guy. You know, I'm happy to see Cam Newton back in there. You know why? Because I'm not scared of his arm anymore. So you try no. them out there. I feel pretty good about the – no matter who they bring in, I feel good about the Patriots games this year. You know, so I do think – yes, to answer your question, I do think that continuity is very important, especially when you talk about run concepts and blocking concepts. Um, but, yeah, you want the most talent that you can acquire. Get it, get into the weeds a little bit. What does continuity do for blockers? What do you mean? Well, um, guys that are used to playing together versus guys who are not used to playing together, how does that make a difference? It, it's got to be more than just liking each other uh, off the field, right? No, no, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, it makes a big difference because you know what that person is going to be. It's like in basketball. If you know where someone's going to be, you know where they want the ball, where they get the ball, where they can shoot it, you know their limitations. Versus like in pickup, if you don't know anybody, you don't know how anybody can play, it's going to look just junk, you know, it's going to look out of whack. Mm. So I feel like when, when you've been together for a while, you know the people's strengths, weaknesses, you know where they're going to be, you got more continuity, and it's going to make for a better room. When you watch film and things of that such, like all those things are important versus you just get together for for one off for one year and you moving guys in and out. And we saw it this year. Our starting line never was together the whole year. So right. let's see when they come back for another. I I, I can almost I'm not gonna guarantee it, but I I really feel confident that our offensive line will look better this year. I would think so. You won't have schlubs out there like Brian Winters, who when when we talk about continuity, I, I definitely noticed over the course of the season that he really had no concept of passing his assignment off to other blockers. Like when his guy would decide to run a stunt, he would, you know, his guy would start running laterally and Brian Winters would go chasing him across the line. But no, Brian Winters, stop it. Stay in your lane and just pass him off to the next blocker. And <laughs> Is that the kind of thing you're talking about, yeah. knowing where your your line mates are going to be? Yes, that's a big part of it. But when you talk about Brian Winters, I'd already checked out on Brian Winters once we saw the tape of Epinesa just running over him. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean that was that was awful. And so he I'm like, him. He just ran through him, and I was just like, "Yeah, this this ain't gonna work out." 
This is and at the same time, you're like, wow, that Epinesa is going to be something well, exactly. this year. Yeah, I was hyped. I'm like, look at Epinesa. So, yeah, it's like, is he <laughs> that good or Brian Winters just not that good? So, yeah. It I, was I that Brian Winters was not good. <laughs> so, I had already checked out on Brian Winters. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, so speaking of the offensive line, Ike Butker is also a restricted free agent. Do you think the Bills make an effort to bring him back? Yeah, we make an effort at a price point. Now, what that price point is, I'm not sure. We would like to keep him. I, um, to be that backup guy that could kind of swing, but it's at the price point. And if it's not, then that's fine. We'll move on. I I agree with you. If they were to give him the restricted free agent tender, it would have been over $2 million. I think that's too expensive for a guy who you assume is going to be a backup. Right. I, I don't think you want to pay anybody to back up that much money unless they're a very high-end player. The Bills just don't have the space in the salary cap this year. Right now, they're they're up against it. As we stand at the moment... We don't have the information on Tyler Medikavich's restructure and extension, but uh, it looks like the Bills have about five million in cap space, and that is not that's not a lot of room to do much of anything. Right. So, yeah, naturally they're going to try to push down the prices of anybody they can. Um, you you may see Corey Bajorquez not get resigned, despite leading the league in punting average. It's just this is the nature of the beast this year. Well, I was going to um, talk about that real quick, man. Uh, breaking news right here on the JBD Big Newt Show. According to Sal uh, Capaccio, within the last hour, the Buffalo Bills signed uh, punter Matt Hack a three-year deal. So, Corey Borges, he might be a done deal. Not saying that we won't keep him. They compete. But we signed Matt Hack um, a three-year deal, according to Sal uh, Capaccio. Wow. Um, that's, that's big. Um, we, we don't know if they're signing him because they assume Bajorquez is leaving or if they're just trying to add competition. We'll see how that goes. I don't. Good job. I don't think he'll be back. And I'm sorry to hit you. I'm sorry to hit you there. Cause we didn't talk about that in our production meeting. You know, I like to give little nuggets, you know, as sure. Oh, Cause you know, I'll be on my, when you're talking, I kind of just, be on my phone and try to see what's going on. So, you know, I'll try to be like Adam Schefter. You know, I like Shefty and he have the little breaking news stuff. So I would imagine that Corey Boy, if we sign him to a three-year deal, I would imagine Corey Boyk is be gone. And, it, and it's like with our offense, do you really need a punter? So maybe we save money. I don't know the contract details, so maybe we're saving money there. We will find out when, uh, when the, when the information becomes available. So, I, I do want to look at a, a couple of players out there in free agency that I think the Bills could benefit from because the Bills are still in a position where they can do some more restructuring of contracts to create some more room by taking salary and turning it into signing bonus. And then uh, when when you turn salary into signing bonus, a signing bonus is divided up over the length of the contract and how it affects the salary cap. So Typically, Brandon Bean does not like to do that. He tries to keep all the bonuses confined to one year, so then he's not stuck with dead cap money. But with players like Trey White, 
Jordan Poyer, guys who you absolutely know are going to be on the team going forward. It's not a bad move to, uh, you know, to borrow from Peter to pay Paul, which basically means into the future. So I'm willing to bet that the Bills are going to look at another defensive end and a tight end. And it's being reported by Joe Buscalia and Marcel Louis-Jacques of ESPN that the Bills are probably inquiring about Zach Ertz, the tight end of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Kyle Rudolph is also out there. He's available. Um, a guy who I like that I think could be had at a reasonable rate is uh, Dan Arnold, who's a backup from the Cardinals. What do you think? Do you think the Bills are going to go after a tight end? Well, I, I've been reading the stuff about Zach Ertz, and that's a sexy take. But I feel like with him, we had to give up assets, and I don't see us doing that, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And so um, and Kyle Rudolph, he's kind of in a holding pattern just to see how it shakes out. I wouldn't mind any of those guys you mentioned, but with Zach Ertz, I'm like, I don't want to. I don't see it happening with Ertz. Yeah. He's making $8 million this upcoming season. So you take that money and um, ask for a draft pick on top of it? Yeah. Nah. They're just going to wait for him to be cut. Right. Another one to uh, keep it in mind is Cameron Brait from Tampa Bay. Speaking of Tampa Bay, you hear about we were trying to get Gronk, and he was considering coming to Buffalo before resigning with uh, Tampa Bay. That would have been interesting, right? Oh, that would have been awesome. I'm not going to lie. I hate the guy. I hate the guy. <laughs> I hate him because of all the New England stuff. And I remember yeah. the game when we played them and he cheap shot at uh, Tredavious White. But, oh, yep. my God, I would probably get his jersey if he became a Buffalo Bill. Just <laughs> a Buffalo. I ain't going to lie. All that hate, all that hate just come to love just that quick if he would have signed with us, even a one-year deal. Even you a- know what would have happened? He would have signed with the Bills, and he would have gotten injured and missed twelve games. Probably, that's just how. It- but I would have got his jersey though. I'm good for getting guys jerseys who's only with us for one year or two years. I claim them like that. We drafted them and, and nurtured them. I got my I favorite jersey is the To jersey. I wear that all the time, and people are like really. Owens, anyone who is that? I'm like, that's Terrell Owens. He caught a thousand yards for us that one year, and they'd be like, Oh, and I got a Michael Jordan Wizards jersey. Yeah, even though he was, you know, kind of out of shape and wasn't the same guy. Oh, yeah, I could yeah. Michael Jordan just like if he was somebody we was homegrown. So, uh, another player I want you to keep an eye on defensive end, uh, Terrell Basham. He's with the Jets. Sort of fits exactly what the Bills do. He's 260-pound defensive end. He's athletic. He's strong. Uh, Always shows well against the Bills. That's fair, man. Let's go. We got the money to do it. This is going to be hard. We have to be patient and wait. Going to have to figure it out. Now, uh, there is something that I want to talk about right now, and that is the New England Patriots. Now, the New England Patriots have never really been players in free agency. And then suddenly this year, they're they're spending like drunken sailors. What the hell is going on with them? Have they lost their way completely? Or their minds? I think it's once again, um, I think it's one of those situations where they're trying to improve the talent and they're going out and giving a bunch of probably 
pe- most people say bad contracts to put talent around Cam, um, and they're going to have to go pay the piper at some point down the line. But we're just seeing it unfold. The Patriot way was just a bunch of smoke and mirrors. That was Patriot way went out the door with Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because you want to get all this talent now, but when, t- when you had, when you had Tom Brady, you didn't want to do that. You didn't want to give him receivers and weapons and all these types, all the stuff you're doing now, you didn't want to do. So that's why I'm not scared of it. It just looks like a last ditch effort to try to save face. And I'm not really scared of what they're doing. Well, it, it looks like desperation and they've given out up to this point. It, they've given out, uh, 11 contracts worth $232 million. And, you know, they signed Cam Newton. I, I don't know what Cam Newton did to get a, uh, to get a raise after last season. Um, but the players that they have signed so far, um, two tight ends, the two most expensive tight ends with Janu Smith and uh, Hunter Henry. Like everybody knew both of those are going to break the bank and they did with the Patriots. Um, they've also signed Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. And on defense, they signed safety Jalen Mills, defensive tackle Devin Godshow from uh, from the Dolphins, Matt Juden, who is a very good pass rusher. And we were talking about that. He didn't have great stats, but his uh, quarterback hit rate was third highest in the NFL last season. And uh, defensive lineman and cheap shot extraordinaire Henry Anderson from the New York Jets. This is this is an old coach and an old owner basically throwing a Hail Mary thinking that this is going to work. Thing is, it might. <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried about it, man. Cam Newton's arm, man, don't get me wrong, he's a cool guy and everything, but I'd rather, I mean, I'm not scared. The way he was throwing the football last year, I'm not scared of what he was. No, he looked like he was shot putting the ball. Yeah. I mean, uh, and that's a round of lead. Like, Drew Brees retired this week. Also, I mean, I think he pretty much knows that, you know, his, I feel like if the Saints, if because you know the rumors were that they were trying to get Russell Wilson and the mayor of New Orleans sent a video out trying to recruit him. And I was like, if they get somebody like really? Russell Wilson, they could win the Super Bowl. It is just Drew Brees was just, I mean, he should have retired after last year. His arm was not prolific at all. No. And any team that has Russell Wilson is going to compete for a Super Bowl. That's just how it goes. He's he's that good. Right. And I feel like the Saints got a good team. They got good defense, great coaching, good weapons. It's just, you know, Drew Brees can't throw the ball over 20 yards at this point. Well, they did have a good team, but after they reduced their uh, <laughs> reduce their payroll by $60 million, they may not have much left. That is true. So they better hit on those draft picks. Much like us, we got to hit on our draft picks, man. I, I think the Bills... And, and we'll talk about the draft as it comes up, but I think this is a, a prime year to trade down in order to select guys that have a lower salary number so they can help fit things under the salary cap this season. Right. Let's do it. Can we do a quick uh, rapid fire? All right. Maybe this will go over well. Maybe this won't. This is something we're coming off the top. All right, so I'm going to name you uh, uh, the rest of the unref- unrestricted free agents, right? 
All right, so we we got Feliciano, we got Williams, we got Matt Milano. All right, Andre Roberts is gone. So right, Tyne Secchi's gone, and Tyne Secchi's gone. He signed with the he's tied with the Cowboys. All right, so real quick, yes or no answer. Do you want to read? And when I say the name, you just say yes or no. Your okay. reaction. All right, Matt Barkley. No. T.J. Yeldon. No. Tywan Jones. Yes. Isaiah McKenzie. Yes. Tyler Croft. No. Brian Winters. Nope. Trent Murphy. God no. <laughs> let, let, let's put Trent Murphy. Trent Murphy and Brian Winters in the same category of God no. Josh Norman. Nope. Dean Marlowe. Yes. You want Dean back. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know what? He is, he, he's a system guy, but he, he plays the McDermott defense really well. He knows where to be on the field. He's a, a good, reliable contributor. Okay. All right. And I feel like I agree with almost everything you said. I didn't like when you said Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, I didn't like that, but that's fine. I feel, like I, I feel like I can live with everything else. But, yeah, so that's where we're at. But we got the major fish, so I feel good where we're at. Is Isaiah McKenzie ready to be a number two receiver? Because in my mind, I'm looking for uh, – if the Bills have a receiver, a guy who's going to be a special teams contributor and a guy who can step into that number two role if somebody gets injured. Is Isaiah McKenzie good enough? to be a starter in a pinch? Ooh, that's a great question. I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say okay. no. So if so you're you're basically saying if Gabriel Dave with what we have now, Gabriel Davis was to get hurt, could we roll with Isaiah McKenzie on the outside? Or one of the other two. <sighs> yeah, I don't I, for what I've seen, I mm. I don't think he's quite reliable enough. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who we have now without bringing anybody else in with Duke Williams just go. I mean, that's how I look at it. Like, okay, who would I rather start, Duke Williams or Isaiah McKenzie? And, and if Duke Williams could do anything in the NFL, we would have seen him on the field. But, yeah, I'm just saying in a pitch, though. Yeah, he's yeah. But bump um, it, man. Let's put Jake Cameron back there, man. Bump it. I'm rolling with the little guys, man. Put him. In what there. the hell, man? Why does everybody talk about him? He's had he had one reception in four games this past season. He's only a special teams player. Why is everybody into the guy who looks like Jesus? I want to see him. Bump it. I want to see him. Let me see him in a real game with the lights on. You know how we are, man. We always want to see those guys, man. He played know? on three or four teams this past season, and for whatever reason, people love these schmucks that are on the practice squad. Hey, 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 hey. And he came back, right? He had a good game against, what was that, Denver? And then He had a catch against back. Denver. <laughs> One. <laughs> and then he came back. See, he came back to Buffalo, man. It was in the, it was in the stars to happen, man. 
I want guy was cut three times this past season. I want to see him. I want to see Antonio Williams. You know, I'm a big Antonio. I know you do. <laughs> Bumpy. I want to see Christian Wade out there, man. I don't know what this coaching staff thinking, man. Put those guys in the game, man. I want do to- you remember? You know, back in the day when the Bills were winning four games a season and people were arguing about like the, the 53rd guy on the roster yes. as though it was going to make a difference to yes, the team. We would have drag out fights <laughs> talking about God damn, put this guy because we'll still be, we would be the ones still coming to the bar week 14, yeah. 15. We, we didn't care if we win or lost. We coming for the beer and just talk about the roster, man. Like we have nothing else to talk about. There was a woman who showed up at her uh, fiance or husband or something like that, who's an Eagles fan, tried to explain to me that the issue with the Bills offense back then was the fact that Naaman Roosevelt wasn't on the field more. And I'm like, my God, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, did you see what he did in preseason? I'm like, against third stringers, he's played, he's gotten in the game against, you know, NFL caliber players and he can't get open. Amen. He's like, no, no, man. That's I, no, I've been watching. I, I watch more than just the Eagles games. I'm like, dude, <laughs> seriously, Naaman Roosevelt. That that's what's gonna turn this team around. And we had nothing else to talk about. We'd get into arguments over that stuff, man. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, you. Oh, with, with the Louisville guy, the quarterback. Uh, Brian Brom, you're like, Brian we gotta Brom, see what man. we got. They gotta put him in there. We gotta see what we got. I'm like, I'm pretty sure the coaches see him in practice. Look, screw the coaches. I want to see him. I know. <laughs> Start him, man. I want to see him, man. We ain't got, we ain't got nothing to lose, dude. Put him in. Not gonna win this game anyway. Might as well let us see the backups. <laughs> You ain't oh, like I'm so glad this past season was nothing like that. It was nothing like that. It felt weird, man. I tell you. Didn't it? And okay, so here's a question that is neither here nor there. But a lot of times teams take a huge step forward only to take a step backwards the following season. Like you, you see it year in, year out, year in and year out. And you know, a team will all of a sudden they'll be crappy. Then they'll go twelve and four, make the playoffs, and the next season they win five games. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think the Bills are in danger of that? Do you think we're going to see a, a Derek Anderson type of thing or a Tommy Maddox thing, where you know they make the the Pro Bowl and then the next season they they're a shell of what they were the season prior? No. Although our schedule might be a little tougher next year, I don't I don't foresee that. When we go thirteen and three, I'm not saying that either. No. Okay. But with our schedule now, and we'll talk about this during the offseason and stuff. We'll do our predictions and stuff, way things fall, especially after the free agency and the draft. But I, no, unless something happens to uh Josh Allen, I see us making the playoffs. And then once you go in the playoffs, anything can happen. Have you noticed that some of the draft experts are talking about quarterback prospects that are expected to go in the top 10? And they're like, we compare him to Josh Allen. Now, we're not saying he's going to be as good as Josh Allen. I'm like, what? (laughs) That's low-hanging fruit, man. That's easy to do. You know what I'm saying? So... Oh, yeah, but they're comparing people to our quarterback as being like a barometer of what's good. Yeah. 
That doesn't happen much. It feels good, man. And so, Josh Allen, it looks like we're going to just exercise this fifth-year option. It seems like that. I don't know if an extension will come, and then with uh, Tremaine Edmonds also. So, I don't know. Maybe we just – I can't wait to talk about those because I've got feelings. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. We're going to say that. Oh, no, no. It's okay. You know me. We'll we'll talk about it in another show, but I've got feelings. Okay. I jumped the gun on things. I get excited, so – well, it, but that's why we love you. We love your excitement. We love the excitement in the big new rants that cannot be equaled by anything. Do you know my wife? A couple of years ago when we went to that football game in Baltimore, witnessed one of your greatest rants of all time <laughs> as I think it was one of your greatest rants of all time. She still talks about that. She's like, that was like one of the funniest Five minutes of my life watching him go. <laughs> we should have got it on tape, man. I tell you, get a I, little. I beer don't think me, you man. would. I don't think you would let me replay it. Do do get a little beer in me. You never know what you're gonna see. So no, oh, man. I think we need to put a bow on this episode, man. Well, once again, man. Uh, before we go, shout out to Tyrod Taylor, one year, twelve million dollars with Houston, and then Fitz Magic, man, the incomparable. He's like roaches, man. He don't die. He got a one-year, ten million deal with the Washington Football Team, man. Congrats. And what makes me happy about that is he's close to us. Yeah, yeah. I think, love that guy. I think we should just go up there and just, you know, because I really don't know anybody else who played for Washington uh, Football Team. It takes everything not me to say the Redskins. I apologize. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I would want to meet him, man. Like, yeah, let's take a picture with Fitz, man. Yeah, anybody who has a Fitz jersey, send them our way. We'll see if we can get them autographed. Yeah, well, Stacy will do it. Stacy's still mad about Fitz leaving, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, I uh, I had freaking fun, man. Did you have fun? It's always fun, man. Me know what you were talking about the bills, man, and, and I don't. I want the good, the good times to still roll, man. Because I'm not gonna overlook like 13 and three. I wear my t-shirt all the time, even though the uh, season's over. I want this good feeling to last, man. So I love it. Well, that's the beauty of getting all the way to the AFC Championship game. You don't have to feel crappy about anything until September. Right. Exactly. Let's just let, let's live it up. Let's let's live it up and bring it to the podcast every show and make it just one big party with uh, with Bill's Mafia every every time. No doubt. Give us a song, big man. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs>